We covered this at one time, but I want to just because of what's going on in the land of Israel today, you need to understand where we're headed. And I believe there's things that we need to see from the scriptures here. So in the book of Deuteronomy, look there in chapter 28, verse 1. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, now get this, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above, now look at that, all nations of the earth. So Israel, God said, I'll put you above every nation on the earth. There was all these other nations. And God, out of the clear blue sky, starts off with one little miracle boy, born from aged parents that took the grace of God. And by faith, a child was born. And God is going to build this great nation. And he says, now, if you listen to me, you'll be the greatest nation of all nations on the face of the earth. Does God have a plan? God has a plan. And God wants his people to obey him. So he says here in verse 2, And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Now, how would you like to be run down by blessings? God's got so many blessings, they're going to overtake you. Picture this big old lion after you. Now, you don't want a lion, do you? But would you be all right if God was to send some blessings your way? More than what you can handle? Or if God opened the windows of heaven and bestowed upon you goods, you can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, stop. I can't take any more. Has he overblessed you yet? I was sitting in church one day, and the preacher was up there preaching. I don't remember what he was saying, but he was hot and heavy. He done already pulled his tie to the side, pulled his coat back, and he started a pound in the pulpit. And man, it wasn't long before a deacon started hollering amen, and another one amen, another. and my, my father-in-law was sitting down there. And it didn't take long before the next thing you know, he reaches in his pocket. He got his hanky out, and then, woo! Scared half the people in there to death. And he went, woo, glory! And it didn't take long before, you know, that's like saying, sick him to a bulldog. Next thing you know, there was a few other ones in there. And you talk about people getting happy, and they shouting. And I'm, I'm talking about these calm saints. You know, they just come in there and sit, and they don't get excited about anything. It didn't take long before they got excited. All I had to do was one person get it started. And, buddy, it's just like, you know, it's contagious, excitement, thinking about the Lord and what he's going to do. He's going to come back. And, gonna, and they got all excited about that. And I'm just a new Christian in the Lord, and I'm sitting there. I still have my first day to shout in church. Only shouting I do is from the pulpit. But I do get excited about it. I do think it's a wonderful thing. But he says, these blessings are going to overtake you. And he goes down through here and says some wonderful things. And so you look there from that verse down to verse 7. And I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless. This is God said, if you do what I say, I am going to bless you. So in verse 8, he says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Good night. You can't get any better than that. He says, I'm going to do all of this for you. And then look what he says down in verse 12. 
He says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, to bless all the work of thy hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Is America in debt? How can America get in debt? You're supposed to have a balanced budget. You're not supposed to spend anything unless you got the money for it. Something went wrong somewhere, huh? Trillions of dollars in debt. Somebody messed up somewhere. You know why we're in debt? Because the politicians want it that way. They could have stopped it. They didn't have to do it. That's all a choice. You know those elected officials we put up there in the White House and all the way in the Senate and in the, the House? We put them there. And this is what they've done. But because, see, we do it to ourselves, we don't mind if we put people in the office that'll do the same thing. So we reap the consequences of what's going on. So you look down here and look what he says there in verse 13. And the Lord said, He shall make thee the head and not the tail. You know the dog is supposed to wag a tail? Is the tail supposed to wag the dog? I don't think so. Usually the, the dog where it wags the tail. He said, I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. You're supposed to be able to loan, but not borrow. So he says here in verse 13, And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So God said, if you will do what I say, this is what I'm going to do. Now you can't beat that. It's awesome. But notice whenever there's something that he says this, he always has something else. There's got to be a comparison, a contrast. If you do this, this is what I'll do. But when you have decisions, there's got to be consequences to both decisions. Which way you go? So then, he makes this statement. In verse 15, but it shall come to pass if. See that word if? You ought to circle it in your Bible. It's contingent. It's contingent. He says, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Now look what he says now. That all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. That means you cannot escape. You cannot escape the consequences. They're going to overtake you. And so then he goes through there and he tells you, curse, 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 all the way down through there. And what's going to take place? Now look what he says in verse 22. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with all inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. In other words, it doesn't look too good. So which one would you rather have it? Would you rather have his blessings or would you rather have his cursing? Now, can you get a picture that there's something here we can learn? Remember that the scriptures were written for our our what? Learning. Our learning. So if we read this, we could learn something from this, maybe. So that we'll be wiser, that we'll have hope and confidence and trust in the Lord. We know that if we serve the Lord, God will do what to us? Bless He'll bless us. But if we don't serve the Lord, we know that He's going he's to put a curse on it. 
In other words, you're going to suffer the consequences of rebellion. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 12, it talks about the chastening of the Lord. So we're going to reap what we sow. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You cannot mock God. You can't rebel against the Lord and expect His blessings. And there's a lot of Christians that don't think, well, I'm not doing that bad. Not that bad. You don't know what it's cost you. You're not in heaven yet to see what it costs you to be rebellious to the Lord. You may suffer a few things down here, but you haven't stood yet at the judgment seat of Christ and see what it's costing you for all eternity. But anyway, if you go down through here and you look at it, then he says there in verse 23, I remember that there were times in my life it seems like, why pray? It's just like the ceiling was brass. I didn't know that was in the Bible. I raised my right hand. I didn't know it was in the Bible. I just thought that was something special and unique to me. I used to think it seems like the walls are all closing in on me. And the lights were out. And the doors were locked. And I couldn't get out. And four walls moving in on me. And I felt like, I got to get out of Now you say, I've never been there. You will. You know, I do this a lot sometimes, you know. A guy sent me an email the other day. And he had clipped out of one of my videos where I am like this. And he has it in there, and he showed it, and somebody sent me the link, link of a message that he preached showing a preacher who was so proud and egotistical, and he had me doing this. It was a live picture. I mean, it was cut out, and he copied it and put it in an email and sent it out, and people saw that, this egotistical, proud fellow. I do this all the time. I do it when I'm standing over there listening. I, I'm doing this. So that means something to some people. I just, I guess, well, maybe I am. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> if I'm going to get criticized, go for it. But he says it. Look in verse 23. And thy heavens that is over thy head shall be brass. The earth that is under thee shall be iron. How would you like to plant crop? With a sheet of iron. You can't even plant, let alone get something to grow. But God says, I can open up the windows of heaven. Or he says, I can close them all up and let it be dry. And everything turn to dust and dirt. See what it says here in verse 24. The Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. Now remember, none of this has to happen. This is choices that God gave to the nation of Israel, and we have lived long enough. Because this was written about 1,500 years before Christ, been about 2,000 years since then, so you're talking about 3,500 years ago. God says what uh, He's going to do if Israel obeyed or disobeyed. And so we're supposed to read these stories and learn from them. Why? So that we don't do what they did. That, you know, that's wrong. If they did something right, we can learn from that. And so then he says this in verse 25. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And shall be removed unto... Now get this. You ought to underline this part because this is what has happened to the nation of Israel. Shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. Now that's what God says 
that he was going to do. Look in verse 27. You're talking about how God was their, well, he was their, their hospital. They really didn't need it. He was, the, he was better than Obamacare. He says in verse 27, The Lord will smite thee with the blotch of Egypt and with the, if you ever had hemorrhoids, and with the scab and with the itch whereof thou canst not be healed. Incurable things, incurable diseases. The Lord in verse 28, that's upon the body. This is upon the mind where it drives you nuts, mad, blindness. You can't see. You don't understand. And that's why the Bible says men's hearts failing them for fear, seeing those things that are coming upon the earth. But they can't see God. They can't see the Lord working. They can't see the blessings of God because they chose to go the other direction. And it's a shame all these things that had to be done. Now, I want you to look there in verse 43. Verse 43. In verse 43 says, The illegal immigrants that is within thy borders, is that in your Bible? It should be. It's right there in mine. The stranger that is within thee shall get up before thee or above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. It's going to be we're losing our country because we don't have borders. Now, some of these politicians are talking about this and making it an issue, and it is an issue. It was an issue in Israel, and God says who can come in and who can't come in. And if they come in, this is what they have to do. And they can't worship any other God. So he makes the statement, verse 44, He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. See, when you rebel against God, everything gets reversed. Isn't it amazing that we're living in a country that everything's getting reversed? A lot of people can see it. So it would be like Abraham that prayed when he found out what God was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, Lord, you know, what if it was, uh, what if it was 50? Uh, what about 40? What about 30? Don't you believe that maybe God can spare this country until the rapture? And, because isn't there enough righteous people here? I mean, shall not the God of all the earth do right? I mean, why would he punish all of us for what they do? It could be because they do what they do because God's children didn't do what they should do. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, a couple of us elders went and listened to a man talk about if the Christians that call themselves Christians in America had only voted, it would have changed the whole situation in Congress. We could have changed it all. You can do it in one election. If Christians would realize you're still here living in this world, and as a citizen of America, we still have responsibilities, and therefore we should be registered to vote and vote, and when we don't vote, See, I say, the wrong people voted. Well, I'm not going to vote. But if you did vote, your vote just canceled out his vote. Your vote cancels out a bad vote. Your vote cancels out a bad vote. But when you don't vote, his bad vote stays good. And that's how we lose. And all of it can be changed if God's people wake up and realize the Lord may not come for a hundred years. 
Now, I know we want to live as though he's coming today or tomorrow. And we can look for him at any time. But he may not come for a hundred years. And what if we have to live here another hundred years and our children and our grandchildren have got to live here that long? What about the responsibility we have? So what we do is we are saddling our children with a debt. Now look what he says here. In verse 45, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. I believe God can allow America to be destroyed. Because there's so many of God's people that will not take up their responsibility. I believe as a good citizen, that is as important as me doing the will of God for my life. That is the will of God for my life. I do live here, and I am a Christian, but I also am a citizen of two countries. I'm a citizen of heaven, and I got responsibilities there. And I'm a citizen of this country, and I got responsibilities here. And I believe it's all important. But anyway, look what he says here in uh, verse 47. Verse 47. He says, because, now this is a good verse. Why is all this going to happen because you're bad? <laughs> Look what he says. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart. Why? For the abundance of all things. You realize how good God has been to us. For the abundance of all things. And then we don't live as though we're thankful to the Lord for it. Boy, isn't America a great country? Isn't it great to be born here and to have the freedoms and the liberties that we have? We can worship God in spirit and in truth and don't have to worry about being persecuted. Boy, we are so grateful for all of that God has done for us. But God says this, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness. Now, some people go to church, but not with joyfulness. They give, but not joyfully. They may even read their Bible, but not with joyfulness because they love the Lord and they want to Study God's Word so that it can change your life and do something for eternity. So he says here in verse 48, Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. The Lord's going to send them. When you rebel against the Lord, God can send enemies against you. You just look at it as a coincidence. It just happened. No, there's a God in heaven. And He can determine the blessings, and He can determine the chastening. Choices, choices, all boil down to choices. And look at the last part of verse 48. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Verse 49. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. And here comes Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, and they came... Remember, this happened a long time. Almost a thousand years this was told about in advance. And they were supposed to read these scriptures all the time. And all their kings were supposed to write the first five books of the, the Bible, the Torah. They were supposed to do all of that. So they would know, the king would know, I'm responsible for what I'm reading here. And to obey this. And the, the priests and so forth were supposed to teach and educate the people so that everybody knew. What God required. Somebody forgot something somewhere, didn't they? And then they drift. Little by little, they drift. So he says in verse 49, I'm going to bring a nation against you. 
Verse 50, a nation of fierce countenance which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until you be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee, neither corn nor wine nor oil or the increase of thy kind or flocks of thy sheep until he have destroyed it. You think all the bountiful provisions that we have been so blessed with in this country, do you know it wouldn't take long for us to lose it all? You see, years and years ago, mamas used to have a garden. They would can, stock it up. I remember my mama all the time. She had jar, cans of jars all over the place. And she would get all these stuff and stuff from the garden, and she would, all these beans and butter peas and all the different things, and my aunt did the same thing. And I mean, they had jars of all kinds of stuff in them. I mean, you into, it was just loaded with stuff. You could eat off of it for two years. Anybody here remember any of that? That was a long time ago. They didn't run down to the grocery store. They had everything they needed. They canned tomatoes. They canned corn. They canned, you know, okra. They, they had it. Now, if our country was not have our trucks run, it wouldn't take long for America to go hungry. Most homes probably have enough for maybe a month if they had that. A couple of weeks. It wouldn't take much to bring us to our knees. And it's a possibility. You'd be surprised how much of the things that we enjoy today are not made here in America. They're made some other country. But God says, this is what's going to happen to Israel. Notice what it says in verse 52. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down. And they did. Verse 53. And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body. Now think about this just for a moment. He's making the statement here that when it gets so bad and they place a siege against Jerusalem that they couldn't get out and there's no food within and people are starving to death and women will take their children and boil their own children and eat their flesh. Now, you say it would never get that bad. Nobody would kill their own babies. You know where I can go with that? This is not because we're doing something right in America. It's because we have violated the principles laid down in this book. And God has a blueprint here. And buddy, we're following it to the T in rebellion. In rebellion to God. And people are killing little babies and cutting them apart. Isn't that a terrible thing? It's a wicked thing. Totally ungodly. But anyway, we can go through this thing here, and there's a whole Old Testament. You can have fun reading all these stories. But here we are. Is there anything in here? I wonder if there's anything that we've talked about tonight that could help us to be a little wiser. Are there consequences to our decisions? Is there consequences? Will God let you make the wrong one? You see, sometimes finding the will of God is simply learning how to make wise decisions. Remember when Solomon asked the Lord, give me wisdom that I may know how to judge your people. He wanted wisdom. So knowing the will of God is gaining wisdom. Now you can have the human wisdom or divine wisdom. 
But your wisdom is revealed by the decisions that you make. The choices in life. What are you going to do? You're going to go with the Lord? You're going to go with the world? How do you see it? Who do you seek to please? God? Yourself? But there are consequences to all these things. Look up here. This hand represents you and me and the whole world. This wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God says that he loves us. He hates our sin, but he loves us. And for us to pay for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. So we cannot save ourselves. All of your good deeds will not get you to heaven. But you see, there's two places. Another choice. Heaven. Hell. We're sinners. Got to be perfect. See, there's always this contrast. But because we can't earn it, Jesus Christ. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He came into the world. See, I got two hands. Two things. Comparison. Christ came into this world. He has no sin. We do. So he didn't have to die for his sin. He didn't have any. But because he loved us, he took all the sins of the world, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. So he says, whosoever, anybody, would believe that he did it for them, he would put this payment to their account, and they go to heaven on what Christ did for them. It's whoever believeth. There's those who will not believe and will spend eternity separated from the Lord, and there will be those that will believe, and they will get to go to heaven whenever they die. Choices. 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 All day long we have choices to make. But this is the most important decision anybody can ever make, is where will you spend eternity? Let's pray, shall we? With head bowed and eye closed, no one looking around. If you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust Him right now? I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come forward, because you don't have to. I'm not going to ask you to sign anything. You don't have to do that either. You don't even have to pray. But God knows your thoughts, and He can read your mind. But somewhere along the line, you have to say, Lord, I believe that. I believe that what He did, He did it for me. And right now, tonight, I trust Him as my only hope of going to heaven. That decision gets you into heaven. That decision, as little as it is, seemingly so small, so insignificant, and yet it's the difference of heaven and hell. And if you're watching by internet tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I pray that you would. All you need to do, it's the only thing you can do, is will you trust Jesus Christ as the only one that can save you and give you eternal life. He paid for all of your sins. He died on that cross, paid for your sins, came back from the dead. And God said, if you'll believe He did it for you, that payment He made, He gives it to you. You go to heaven on what He did. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. And I pray that you will. And if you will, right on the screen of the computer, it says, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I pray that you will. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings to us. We pray, Lord, that we would be submissive to your will. Realize the choices that we have to make. Just like Israel did, so do we. Great consequences. So bless each one of us. And we pray, Lord, that you'll help us to have wisdom. We love our country and we like our freedom. And we pray, Lord, for good leadership. So bless us in Christ's name. Amen.